Welcome back to Keeping Track, everyone. Today, we talk to Natoya Gul Toppin, Jamaican 800-meter runner who is a two-time Olympian and just reset her own 800-meter national record, running a blazing 155 at the Prefontaine Classic after just missing the final at the World Championships. The last few years, Natoya has been on the cusp of reaching the podium at the World Championships, finishing as high as fifth outdoor and fourth indoor at the World Championships. She's a multi-time NCAA champ at her alma maters of LSU and Clemson. She has been running on the world stage for quite a few years now and was winning things as a junior in Jamaica, winning the champs in the 800, 1500, and 3000 as a kid in Jamaica, and it's just continuing her winning ways now. So we had a great time hearing about her life on the track and off the track. And one quick announcement, um, as part of my fundraiser for the And Mother New York City uh, Marathon training, fundraising journey that I'm on, we have about 50 days left to hit the $5,000 goal. Uh, we're making headway thanks to everyone who's donated, especially Saucony who gave a generous donation. Um, and as part of this, Alicia and I are going to have a live Zoom Keeping Track podcast. We're going to talk Marathon Mom Talk with guest Melindy Elmore. Um, she's a Canadian marathoner. She came within seconds of the Canadian record in Berlin a few weeks ago, and she already qualified for the Canadian Olympic marathon team, most likely for Paris 2024. She's really interesting. She was a 1500 runner, made the Olympics, took a little break, came back, and in her 40s is running really amazing marathon times. Even if you can't make the talk, um, you might want to register just to enter our sweepstakes. We're going to give away lots of Saucony gear, including two outfits and two pairs of shoes. So check it out, October 24th, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for keeping track. Okay, hi, Natoya. We're here with Natoya Gul Toppin now, correct? Yes, yes, okay. yes. You got married this year or last no, year? No, actually four years now. Oh, okay. What did you only just now change your name or did World Athletics just take a while to catch on? <laughs> okay, so uh, I'd requested it before um, with um, J3s, but they said they did not get a reply or something like that. Oh. And then I used it at trials this year and they actually reached out to my agent and asked me if... That I want to run like they changed the, the name to top in on the website and I was like yes I've been trying that okay so you've been married for four years and we yeah, only, to five. we only just now see the top in it's that's just, this is the stuff the ladies have to go through all the name changes <laughs> <laughs> but now we're different in the results that's why I never bothered I was like whatever I'm keeping my name <laughs> <laughs> yes well, Congrats uh, to your five-year anniversary. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, so, Natoya, we'll do, I'll do a quick intro offline, but just real quick. You're a Jamaican record holder, two-time Olympian in the 800, um, and we've been wanting to talk to you for a while. You've had, you're always just right in the mix in the Diamond Leagues and World Championships. So, yeah. we're happy to learn more about you, and um, we'll start with, like, where are you now and what did you, you said you just had some off season relaxing, relaxing time. So like, what does that look like for you after going all the way through the Diamond League final world championships and everything? 
Well, um, after the Diamond League finals, I went to Jamaica. Um, me and some of my friends were on the North Coast, enjoying ourselves. And now I'm back in the US, but I'm still not back home. And then I will be heading off to another part of my vacation with my husband in Trinidad. And then um, come back to the US and then, you know, start back a little running because, you know, you can't take off too much unless it's going to be hard to get back into it. Um, but, you know, after coming off Worlds, I didn't make the finals. I was a little bit disappointed, but, you know, I had that peace inside. So I knew that something greater is coming. And then to know, because I know the type of shape I was in. And then to go to Diamond League finals and run a personal best and national record. My coach and I, we weren't surprised, but because we know of, um, the shape that I was in, but it was still a special moment for both of us. And also my husband, we were super stunned. We were happy. I think he, he dropped a tear, he said. <laughs> you know, so it was a special moment for us. And to know that, you know, I'm still in the midst um, with these youngsters because I'm actually 11 years older than a thing and um, Keely. And, you know, I was still in the top three at the finals. You know, when I was born, some of these kids were just, um, they weren't even in the, you know, know that they were going to born. So to still be there in the midst at this age, you know, I'm super stunned and super happy. Yeah, that's great. Like, so you're 32 age range. Yeah. You're you're running faster than you ever did at 22. So yeah. next year yes. is going to be exciting. <laughs> yes. And I think for, um, a lot of persons probably, you know, with distance races, the older you get, I guess you can run faster. But with me, because my, when I started out as a professional athlete, I was just averaging 159. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. So um, now I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to do in practice. Um, so now the result is showing as I get older. So for those that are confused, that's the reason why. Yeah, I would love to hear. So you train, you're in South Carolina right now. Is that yeah. where you train? Um, what does your training look like? Because I know you're, you're sprint based, or at least you used to be because you're, you've run four by fours, like you're fast. <laughs> um, what does your training look like that gave you that next jump? Like, was it more endurance work or more weight room? Or like, what do you do that's, that's helped you reach your potential? Well, for a lot of persons who did not know, I actually thought I was going to be a 1500 runner when I was in high school, because I used to run a lot of um, road races. I used to do the 15 to 3,000, and I used to win them all. And um, actually, when I faster 1,500 meters before I ran um, a fast 800 meters, and then I ran two or three, I was like, oh, I'm going to run 800. Um, so, like, I basically train like I'm a 1,500-meter runner right now because I'm, I'm naturally fast. I got the natural speed, so I have to make sure I build on the endurance part of it. So my runs are looking like I can go and run a fast under four minutes, 1,500 meters. But, you know, when you're not um, running that event or you're not running it a lot, you won't be able to show that result. And for me and my coach, we tried to work on that. I told him that I want to be able to, you know, run a fast 1,500 meters because when I do that, I can run a fast 800 meter because that helps a lot. And with my training now, well, coming up, I don't know what he have in store, but in the past, you know, I always ensure that I have a great um, background um, training, um, ensure that I, 
whenever I go my runs, I put a great effort out there, try to have it at least six, under 6.30, because at first time I never used to average, I don't think I even used to average seven minutes um, when I just started out as a professional athlete, because I didn't know much about, you know, how much miles I got after run. And I asked my coach, how much miles and what average pace should I do? And he told me, but I saw that I was running faster. So each time I run, I try to improve what I did before. And that has helped me over the years to um, become faster. And that's why if you look at my stats, when I run 159.3, um, it dropped to 156 because of that. Because I was putting in the workout on the track but I was not putting the workout um, when I go for my long runs. So when I started to put in that effort in my long runs and my legs actually moving faster and faster on my long runs, that helped me a lot on the track when I went to run my 800. So you, yeah, you had to get more strength for the eight. What kind of mileage do you do? Like what is a normal week in training if you don't have a race coming up? Well, every time someone asks me how much miles do I do, I'm like, I don't know, because I don't count it up. When you're an 800 runner, we're not like you guys. This is what does that know? You don't write it all down in a little notebook? <laughs> no, I just go and I know my, with my runs how much miles I do. But when you add up the track stuff, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, but I think maybe well, 40 something to 50 i'm i'm okay. not sure if you do like what's your your longest run of the week would be like how long like well each it kind of changed it up because we complain a lot about after run so long long run so day it be, yeah it used to be an hour and 15s but now he likes let us do like a hour each okay. each long run day we still add up to what he wanted so i'm basically training like a 1500 meter run <laughs> So who do you train with? Natoya, do you have anyone to help you get through the hard workouts? And can you tell, tell us a little bit about your coach? Is he your college coach or how did you get hooked up with the group, if there is a group? Okay, yes. Um, so I am training with college students. Um, and then you have a few professional um, guys. So I train with them. So I'm training with the professional guys, which they're faster than I am. Um, but then you have some guys in the group that are average runners as well that will run around what I'm running. So I get to train with them as well. Um, my coach, he recruited me in high school. He's also a Jamaican coach. He was a distance runner for Jamaica before Kemoy Campbell break all his records. He used to have all those records. Um, his name is Mark Elliott. Um, he, he also went, he went to LSU. Um, which was where I went for the first time. He recruited me to LSU, but first I went to a junior college, which was South Place College. Then I went to LSU and then he got a head coaching job at Clemson University. And I went to Clemson University with him as well, where I competed my last um, two years of college. One year I had to sit out because I wasn't eligible to run yet. Um, and then my last year, I competed was 2015. So after that, I stayed with him, became a professional athlete. And from then till now, I've been training with him. And I've seen so many athletes pass through Clemson. Um, and I'm still training with them. So each year, there's somebody that comes in that I am able to keep up with. Sometimes even the fast boys, I'm breathing down their necks based on <laughs> the, the last rep. Because <laughs> I easily recovered, you know, so... Um, 
But now, you know, I haven't been back yet, so I don't know how the group is. Um, but I still have persons to train with, the guys. I wish I would have more girls that will help. We do have a girl, a new girl from Kenya, um, Gladys, that she's, you know, she's running cross country now, So, but she is an 800 runner. So I will be training with her as well. And I can't wait to see what she can do, how I can help her out, how she can help me out. You know, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, she'll probably be, I'm sure the women are so excited. Well, yeah, and the guys like are really excited when you work out with them because you are probably such a good mentor and do you give them advice ever or do they just, are they ever like starstruck by having you at practice? <laughs> I don't know about the starstruck um, part of it because they're used to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I know, you know, they're probably excited. I don't really ask them, but they don't probably show it, but they probably are. Um, and I love to give advice, no matter where I am. If I'm with you and I see you, you're looking nervous, or I'm going to speak with you. I'm going to talk with you. I'm going to say, hey, it's going to be okay. No matter where I go, I always try to encourage someone because you never know what they're going through. Um, it might be their first time. Um, it might be, you know, some of the few last races that they're going to compete in and they want to do well, you know. So I try to encourage anyone, even men. Yes. <laughs> I try to encourage everyone I can think of, even if they think that they are not good enough. I always try to encourage them and say, listen, just put in the work and you'll be able to get it done. Yes. Well, if you've been in all those world championship finals, I'm sure the guys are trusting your advice as much as anyone's. Did yeah. you have did you have good mentors um, like growing like for a distance runners growing up in Jamaica? Like what who did you look up to or did you have like were you kind of a pioneer? <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, um, I didn't have much of mentors when I was growing up. And that's why I try to um, help others now to to mentor them and to speak with them, because if I knew what I knew now, then probably my my life would be different, um, even with college and everything like that. Um, but I had persons, adults around me that look out for me, um, make sure that I'm doing the right thing. But when it comes on to racing, and I didn't have anyone to tell me, I just go there and do my thing. You know, God was with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, that's why I try now to reach out to persons and encourage them. Some of them will listen, some won't because they have other people in their ear, but I hope somebody will listen to me because I've been there and done that, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah you've learned every single year for like, how many world finals have you been in now? Like 10? I mean, that's no. such, more than that. <laughs> I've been to a lot of worlds, but not so many world finals. I've been I've been in two world finals. Oh, but world championships. I, yes. Yeah. But okay. I've been to since 2013, I've been going to world championships. And that's why I try to speak with, you know, different persons. I try to encourage them and, and let them know my story because I never made our finals ever at a major championship until 2019. And I've mm. been going since 2013. So I try to use my story to tell them um, and hopefully they will take it and listen, you know, so now is my time and I know, yes, I missed this world finals, but it's not the end of the world. There's more races to go, more championships to go. See how long it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and 
you ran 155 and didn't make the final. I mean, the 800 is just, it's a tough event, but you yes. still, you still <laughs> turned the year into something really special with that time. So you're obviously in good shape. So that's, that was really cool to see. Yeah, um, I just think it's a tactics that mm -hmm. be messing us up. It's not that we're not capable because mm -hmm. the, 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 all of us that was in UG for the, for the finals, only three were at world championship finals, but that's like the, the field was the best field ever. Mm -hmm. Everyone in that field is ranked in the top 10 in the world, but it's just that the tactics were different. You know, in our championships, you have to, um, with me, my, my, my heat was, was the slowest heat. We went out super slow, we went out at 61, but we are capable of running faster than what we did. If we had went out faster, if we had not, you know, tried to run the last 300, just getting running crazy, mm -hmm. definitely I would have been in the finals. And I know I would have been because yeah. I know what I can do. You, you've been right there the last few years. Um, yeah. What's your favorite? So like what would set up like your best race? What would it set up as going out hard? Like I know you go to the lead a lot of the time. Like what's your favorite way to race? Your favorite time? Well, that was the old ghoul. You know, I think a lot of persons <laughs> constantly still thinking that, yes, ghoul is a front runner. That was that was a long time ago because that's when you when you've been like one of the best and you always have to take the front. Every in high school, in college, like it's gonna be, it's gonna take you a while on the pro um, level to be able to find a different running strategy. And that's what happened to me when I was in high school. I always have to be in the front. When you watch some of the races, I'm like 10, 20 meters ahead of everyone. In college, I had to take the front and, you know, lead the race because I wouldn't be able to run the way I would run. And then when I went into the professional world, everyone is running the same as me. So um, it takes a while for me to understand because even though I've been running 800 for years, it still takes a while to, 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 to get into that. And then these couple of years I've been, I, I changed up my running strategy, but because of, you know what I've been doing. Persons keep on saying, "Hey, you're, still, you're a front runner." But some of the races I go in, I have to take the front if I want to um, run fast. Um, me and my coach are probably working on something, so it might. If we go and try to do it, it doesn't work. Then we go back to the drawing book, and then we're able to, you know, um, run a different way. And I think my best strategy was when I run that 155. When I run, um, I run a couple races like that before and I run fast as well. Um, also when I, I think when I run 156, even though we were running with Casta, so it was kind of different. But um, post Casta, I think that was one of my best way of running. Also when I ran 156.3, which was my, is my third fastest time ever. Um, I think every time when I run fast on one to six is when I actually run the way how I run in Eugene because I I have so much speed. If I get out fast, I'm gonna pay for it, and that's what used to happen to me also when I run cross country in college. 
So I just have to make sure that I sit because I know I have that speed and the strength to run the, the last part of my race. Did you have to, was it like kind of scary to wait that late? I know like 800 is different than 5K and um, the, the longer distance stuff, but I would always get nervous to wait too late because I would never know if I could outkick people. But sometimes that's the best strategy and the patient person is the smartest person. So did, did you have to learn that or were you always confident that you could close well? Yes, I'm always confident that I um, could close well because even in Eugene, I, I was boxed in a little bit. I couldn't like feel free, which I think that was good for me to just sit there and stay patient and just sit in lane one, in the middle of lane one. That's what I, I end up doing and just wait patiently. So, but when I was supposed to kick, it, I wasn't able to like, that last 150, I was able to 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 go when I wanted to go because Mary was still there. You know, I think, and, and Keely was already beside each other. So they had to go. So I know that I could have run faster than 155 nine. Um, but I was still grateful because I was, I was patient. I was still able to kick home free. That was the first time for the season I finished in 14 seconds. And I finished on the, I uh, ran 58 for the last 400. So that shows that the strength is there. That shows that the speed is there. So I just had to just be patient and know and trust my body, trust my coach, trust God. Know that we, we, we have done this so many times. Because right before that race that week, I did a split 800 and I basically run, did an even pace. So I know I can even run faster than 155 right now. That's, is that like one of your late season workouts? You do a split 800? Well, yes, definitely. Like my coach loved to give me that, you know, yeah. just to see what I can do. And that sequence that I did was like the best I've ever done. Ever. Wow. Only getting better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, that was awesome to go through this year. Um, we should also give people a little bit of background. I know we should have done this first, but I just wanted to like <laughs> hear the details from this season. Um, how, so how did everyone's backstory is so interesting. How did you get into running? Like, what was your start? Uh, what were the early days like for Natoya? Okay. So my mom always tell me that I always run to the shops whenever he's, um, she sent me to, to buy some goodies. Um, and the only reason why she believed that I went to shop was because I came back with the items. Um, my family, we are a running family. They didn't get the chance to like accomplish um, running like, you know, how I am accomplishing it now. But like my cousins, my siblings, all of us, we can run. I have a brother that even ran in high school, but due to injury, he wasn't able to um, accomplish anything with it. Um, but from I was a little girl, because back in Jamaica, from you were a little three-year-old, four-year-old, because we call it basic school, but it's elementary here in the U.S. Um, we have sports days where we go and we compete for our, our school. Um, we compete with each other. And so from I was a little, probably four, five, six-year-old, I was running at my basic school. Then I went on to primary school. And when I was in grade three, my brother, we had a, cause we have cross country, but it's not like in the US, we just call run to a certain area, come back, which is not too far. And my brother won the race and I was second behind him because the way how they do it was that they, they would set off grade three. I was in grade three at the time. 
grade three, grade four, grade five, then grade six. So nobody was able to keep up with me. And then my brother was in grade six at the time, or I think he was in grade six and he says, spot me. And he ran and come and try to stay and stay with me. And while he was running, he was encouraging me saying not to give up. So he ran and came first and I came second right behind him. So I was champion girl. And from then that time until now, you know, I got a, I went on to high school. I basically dominate high school in the 800, the 1500, and the 3000. When I was 13, was the first time I became a champion girl at Boys and Girls Champs in Jamaica. I, I turned 14 that year, but it was after Champs. So um, I won the 800, the 1500, and the 3000 at the Boys and Girls Championships that year. And I've never lost that Champs. And then I moved on to college and you know, I dominate that too, except my last year of college, I lost outdoors um, due to, you know, personal stuff. Um, then I move on to the, the pro level, you know, so that's how it started out. Just And where I live, you will definitely know why I can run the way I run because, you know, we have a lot of hills. Um, we even walk to school sometimes um, and we used to run from light post to light post, you know, just for fun. It was really just fun growing up and me and my cousins coming home from school. Did your parents run too, did you say? Like what events? Well, they? they didn't like get the chance to compete like I mm -hmm. did, but they they could have run. Like, um, so they, I don't know what events they would have been able to run, but I think like they could probably sprint or distance run because my DNA is like, you know, different. That's why I'm able to do distance because, you know, you have, you have the, the, the sprint part, which a lot of Jamaicans get that because I think a lot of Jamaicans are Nigerians. Um, so, you know, we get that sprinting from, from, from West Africa. So for, for me, I know I have a little bit of East Africa, so that's why I'm able to run the distance races. Hmm. Interesting. Um, can you give anyone advice on, so you, you followed your college coach to, to a, you transferred to the junior college to Louisiana LSU, State, yeah. LSU to Clemson. Was it just to follow your coach or was there stuff that you like wanted different done differently? Like, could you give um, someone looking at colleges like advice on that transition? Well, um, definitely was because of my coach because he recruited me, as I said, from high school. And I my PR going to LSU was 201. But um, the year when I went to LSU, I got injured that year when I was supposed to transfer to LSU. And um, before I went to LSU, I did not run fast. I ran probably 209. Um, but right before... I went to, to do um, um, school. So right before that, I'm um, going to trials. I was training and he made me run 204, like within one month. And then the following year, I did cross country. Then the following year was the first time I ran under two minutes. I ran 159 um, to, to win um Jamaica trials but before that at, at nationals I won the 800 meters as well 
um, in Eugene when I ran two minutes point zero six. So he, I saw that he is, he, and his repetition based before I went also, like he was training short in Lipsy and he had a lot of great athletes that passed through LSU. So I know that he was a great coach and I trust him um, up until now. So that's why I decided to make the transfer and go with him to Clemson as well. And I did, you know, run faster as well at Clemson where I lower my PR of 159 to 159.7, which is a school record right now. So I want to 96. And then after that, now I run 155. So crazy. I think I've made a great, <laughs> a great choice. So for those that, you know, either transferring to a school, because a lot of the coaches, they will probably tell you, um, they, they look on money, the athletes, they're looking like how much money they can get, but they need to look on the fact that will I be able to transition to the next level? If you want to transition to the next level, you have to look on the, the stats of the coach, you know, see what they can do. And not just about the money, because you want to go to a higher level after that, then you have to ensure that you can be able to get sponsors um, because a lot of sponsors are not going to take you if you're not proving that you will be able to, you know, make that transition. Mm -hmm. I like, yeah, that's valuable to you that he knows you so well and he knows how, like what works for you. I have, yes. I've been with my coach 15 years too. And I feel like he just knows how we do things at this point. Like it's really yes. helpful to have, have that. It's like so valuable to have that time to learn about yes. someone. Um, so I noticed on your Instagram that there was, I went back a few posts and there was, you had an award and it's listed you as great athlete, but also philanthropist. Can you tell us oh. a little bit, what is, what are your projects? What have you been doing off the track? What is that? For well, us? well, I like to give back to my community. And so every Christmas I will like have my, my family and like, I have a little team or just my cousin, like, you know, and my aunt. Like I will let them buy some goodies and go and give to persons in the community that, you know, that need, that are in need. And like, I want to start a foundation where I'm able to help um, persons as well, because I love to give back. I give back on the low. A lot of people don't know that because I don't like credits and stuff. You know, I, when I give, I give just to ensure that I help others. And I want to um, create a foundation where I can help the less fortunate and even help athletes as well, because a lot of athletes, I grew up um, not having it and I got help and um, I'm able to, to reach my potential now. So I would want that for a lot of athletes because when they come from a certain area in the country, they don't have it. Um, they can't be able to go to school. So I want to be able to, reach that point where I can even have a scholarship for, you know, an athlete um, so that they can be able to go to school and um, get to achieve their goals. So, yeah, I, I, I love to give back, especially um, last year or the first year when I did it, I, I was able to do it for Christmas. So I do it for after Christmas, which was in January for the new year. Um, so last year I was able to do it for um, right before Christmas and I'm looking forward to doing it this year again so that I can help out, you know, someone that is in need and they will have a, a Merry Christmas. 
Oh, that's awesome, Natoya. You're like Natoya Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. wait for you to start a foundation. Are you, do you think when you get past the Olympic year, you'll focus on that? If you ever want us to make any announcements for your foundation, let us know. We'll be happy to yes, help. Definitely. Thank you. I am me and my team, uh, my PR team, you know, we've been talking about it. Even um, the other day we had a meeting and, you know, um, we want to start it because I definitely want to, um, for the upcoming school year, next year, you know, start that that um, scholarship for an athlete, um, especially for my high school, um, to help out an athlete that is in need. But, you know, you have to have your little standards as well, you know, um, to be able to help them. So um, we're definitely going to go deeper into that. And I will definitely reach out to you, <laughs> let you announce it so yeah. I can have persons on board because you know sometimes you need sponsors for this um to be able to go through and I really want to make it something that will you know reach yeah. you know far and wide and make, and get grow bigger and bigger to help persons all over the world because I really love to help people and that's one of my desire to be able to do. I love it that can be so motivating too because yeah. uh, the better you run, the more people you can tell about it. And yes, yeah, definitely. You know. especially in Africa as well, you know, I want to go there as well. And, awesome. And awesome. We love, we can't wait to hear about it. If there's any way we can help. We are small. We're smaller than, we have not many followers, but we'll do whatever we can. Well, I can also, <laughs> I can also spread the word for you guys too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. We love to hear that. So what are your plans for next year, Natoya, as we close out the podcast? You're on your break. Did you sit down and write down some goals? You guys have a have a motivating map for next year? Okay. Well, I haven't write down my goals yet, but I have it in my head. Um, I'm just trying to enjoy a little time off first. So starting next week, I'm definitely going to get back into like, you know, getting focused before I start um, training, you know, my goals next year is to even run faster than what I did this year. And it's always a goal to be on the podium. Um, and also like just to ensure that um, I compete well next year, um, try to ensure that I run smart. So I often, you know, go in prior and talk to God about it before my season starts and just try to focus on ensuring that when I step on the track, I'm doing it for his glory and also, you know, to make my family, my coach, you know, everyone, my fans proud. Um, but I just want to go there next year and just, you know, make history for Jamaica, you know, yeah. make That's history awesome. for Jamaica. Yep. That's what you've been doing so far. <laughs> you're, you're in, <laughs> yeah. More you're history, last, more history. Last two <laughs> records, yes deep in the history books. Well, it's been great talking to you. If you have any other things you want to shout out or announce, let us know. Um, and Thank we'll you. be cheering for you and watching all the meets next year. The Women's 800 is like one of the most like exciting events right now. So really excited to watch. And I just want to put out there, you know, this season might seem great in the eyes of, you know, persons out there watching, but it didn't start out great this season because I got injured um, in January, I was out not being able to train to my full potential from January till the end of March. And then in May, I, I got in a car accident um, coming from the Atlanta City Games. Yes, 
total my car. So it's the grace of God why I'm still here today. And I think because of that accident um, in June, I I went to run um, a 400 meter in Atlanta. And um, the Sunday, because I drove down the day of the meet and drove back up. Well, I didn't drove, um, I, I traveled with someone. And the Sunday morning I woke up and my hamstring was numb. And, you know, I started to press it, right? Um, and my hip bone and I realized that um, I started feeling some shock in my legs in, in the in the in the um, IT band, and um, I started feeling some nerves as well. And so from that, from June all the way to September, I've been having a nerve issue in my left armstring um, and my IT band. And right before I run in Bellinzona, that was when I I you know, the nerve, I start feeling a little better. And so when I run in Eugene, that was the first time I was able to turn over properly running the 800 meters. So for me to be able to have the best, you know, sequence of my career this year, going through all of that, I am grateful because I've never run under 159 so much times, so consistent. The only time I did not run under 159 was at Worlds and the first race I ran this year. So for me to be able to do that is God's grace. And I'm, I'm just grateful and thankful, you know, because I, I couldn't have been here. I could have died in the car accident because I didn't hit anyone. It was my wheel gave out. And it just dragged me across the road and I hid in the railing. And anyone, if someone was in that car, they probably would have been the one that died because it got total. Um, I didn't get a scratch, but I I got a, I hit it myself onto, you know, the car. So I think that's what caused, you know, every my my left side, you know, further down in the year to to feel the way it is. Like now I'm it's 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 better but sometimes I will feel a little numbness um in my in my um in my IT band and my quad you know but um giving God thanks wow that's crazy I didn't know see we don't know the backstories I feel like when you start talking to athletes you're like oh my gosh there's so much there there's so much depth to your season so thank God that you were okay and I can't believe how fast you eventually ran after that that's what I that's what I was saying. I can't believe all of that happened and I was still able like to run so consistent, mm-hmm. you know, under 159 and then 155. And that's why when I mentioned earlier, I said my coach and I knew that I could have done it, you know, when I run off the five one. We know that we can even run faster than that as well. So yeah. I'm just grateful. And anyone who has a less than ideal season, if you pick up an injury or something like don't necessarily give up. You never know what could happen in a month or two. So yes. that's an amazing yes, story. Yes, because we thought it was over. <laughs> yeah, when I the, got the, um, I got a stress fracture. That's what I had, oh. and we thought it was over. You know, we thought that, but then you know, I was like, I can come back because I don't take long to get back into it. So me and my husband, we were talking, and he was like, "You, you're gonna be fine," you know, because you have so many months before worlds. Just trust in the talent and all the miles that you've done in your life up to that point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're in there. Wow, Natoya, that's an amazing story. 
Um, thanks so much for talking to us. This was really interesting and we can't wait to watch you line back up again, but for now, enjoy your rest. So you'll get ready for you so much. And I also enjoyed watching you run as well. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, I know we overlapped for a few meets a couple years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Natoya. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Keep track, keep track, keep track, keep track, one at a time, yeah, yeah, keep track, keep track, one at a time, yeah, 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 Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.